I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinemaiden. We're just three friends left unsupervised to chat movies. We are the Cinema Guys. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Guys. Welcome back. No kids this time. <laughs> no kids this time. This is your first time in. Welcome to the show. If you're returning for another episode, we love having you back. I imagine if this is their first time, then they seek out independent film and odd horror movies. Odd. Odd keyword. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they were like very curious. We're doing a independent horror movie this week. Uh, one called One Must Fall. One Must Fall. Oh, you know what? I had I did not remember whatever the name was. Which it came it came about because I heard about it at Horror Hound when I went in March and I saw the director Antonio Pantoja on a panel. So I wanted to see his movie. I reached out to him. I got to interview him, and we got a, a copy of the movie to screen. Sweet brag, Brad. We get it. We get it. Yeah. You know directors. Humble, uh, humble you know, brag, Brad. Best friends, and then you know, we won Oscars together. I just I just wanted people to know how we got <laughs> this movie, because it is, it is kind of touring festivals right now. The week this comes out, it's having its premiere in Louisville, Kentucky, where he is from and where the, the film was actually shot. I had and no idea. Place, so, if you're listening to it, the week you, hold on, of you had no idea release, that the movie was in Louisville. I was being sarcastic. Oh, I was about to say because they literally say Louisville like several <laughs> like times. Multiple times. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening in Louisville. <laughs> but I do appreciate that you can tell that they're actually from Louisville because they say Louisville, not Louisville yeah. or Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville or Louisville. Louisville. So before we jump into the top this, I want to say we have moved our Cineminutes off of the podcast feed. If usually we have been having a Cineminute in between our episodes, but we have moved them to our Instagram and our YouTube channel. The IG. Basically, we can put them out whenever any of us see a movie and we want to do a cinnamon about it. And we keep it to a minute, as Ew. the cinnamon likes me to do. And they have yeah, fun little backgrounds. <laughs> it's because it's not called the Cine Three Minute. <laughs> so let's jump into a little top this. coincide with our indie horror movie it's more of a indie slasher horror comedy that's what the director in our interview that's kind of what he listed as we are doing a top this of our top three kind of bc grade campy movies or horror movies yeah which i am very not well versed on horror <laughs> Same. is my Achilles heel Achilles heel of yep, the uh, heel. of the movie world and and this is this is my wheelhouse like and especially the obscure ones I definitely I did not see a ton of so it was hard for me to cut mine down to three I think it's because I got scared a whole lot and when I was little like I watched movies at an inappropriately young age and it made me really scared so I didn't watch them anymore I just really don't like 
horror movies. I find them to be just aggressive. You know, in this one, well, we'll get to it later, but... Some can be. Some can be. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to more on this I'm one. Sure. Right, go ahead and start us off, Justin. All right, am I doing all three? No, we're round robin in this. Shocker. Okay, so the first one, I remember being terrified. I actually would not walk past sewers, and it's not it. I would not walk past sewers for, and I still think of it when I do, is Chud, which I think is Human Underground Dwellers. Yeah. Something. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, something, I forgot what the C is. Sentient human. That's not what human, I thought you said. What did you think I said? Chode. Oh, Chode. That's a different movie. And that one's not so bad. It's soft. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Chud, uh, it terrified me. These people that lived underground and would grab your feet and suck you into the sewer and, and everything else. So, And they looked really weird. Chud. All right. Cinemaiden, what do you got? So the first one was recommended to me in a blockbuster when those were still a thing. Ah, oh, blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Blockbuster <laughs> video. Wow. Oh, my. Just, you know, they're paying us. <laughs> Blockbuster's paying us big bucks to help come back for them. You know, get your VHS tapes there. I don't even Rent know that commercial. It was a big deal. It was, it was a big was deal. A big I deal. remember it. So this movie was recommended to me. It's called Ankle Biters. Is it about children? No, it's about dwarf vampires. <laughs> wow. And they could only like reach your ankles? Yes. I think now, I need to now, see Now, hold this on. Movie. If an ankle biter bit you, <laughs> did you become a short ankle biter vampire? No. Or did... So are you a vampire if they bite yeah. you? Oh, but just a not an ankle biter vampire, just a not normal short vampire. In stature. And then do you go ahead and discriminate them for being a short vampire <laughs> when you're a regular vampire? Yeah, for the rest of their they, eternity. So they, can't, they can't win. No, can't that's win. why they should only turn uh, other dwarfs. Well, then they're not ankle biters and they're like neck biters again. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> All right. You're I'm, right. I'm going to have to add that to a list and seek it out. Probably yeah. right up my wheelhouse. So my number three will be killer clowns from outer space. Mm, are they really from they outer space? They are from outer space. They, they come I've in a little spaceship really? and they set up a circus tent to draw people in. Wow. It's one of those movies. It's a, it's a, it's a regular watch. Uh, it's one of those cheesy movies I just love. Pretty decent. Fun. My second one um, was actually an uh, sort of a... We, me and a friend were in Chicago for a convention of some sort. And there was like a lull in the night. And we were like, oh, there's a movie theater right across the street. Let's walk over there and see it. And there was only one movie playing, and it happened to be a movie like this. Okay. And it was Piranha 3 Double D. D. Yes. <laughs> 3 Double D. And I had such a good time with that movie because we had 3D glasses. And at one point, a piranha did bite off a, pe- a person's penis. Really? Yep. And it was floating, like it was like a 10 foot penis floating in front of our faces. Oh my God, that's amazing. In the water until another piranha came and ate it, and it was hanging out its mouth. I bet you were very happy. (laughs) I remember thinking, this is awesome. (laughs) And that's the amount of cheesiness that I wanted the Meg to be, is like something like that, where it's just like, you know what? We have this giant shark. Let's just go full board. Yeah. And the guy who got his penis bit off was like the biggest douche, and he's in a bunch of movies, and he only plays a D-bag all the time, and he's just like, they bit my penis, my penis, and he's running around and not (laughs) cool. Well, to stem off your penis biting off, yeah. I'm going to go with teeth. Ooh. Teeth. Yikes. I've seen that movie. Justin? I know about this movie. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. I watched it, it at 5 a.m. in college while after we came back from the bar with my friend. It was just me and another guy watching it. And it was quite the experience. He was horrified. I'm pretty sure he's still scarred. Mm. 
And I think it's... So needless to say, you did not get lucky that oh, night. Oh, no. It was not like that kind of friend. Well, it wouldn't have happened anyways. He'd have been like, no, never mind. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it was it was quite the interesting experience. I actually have seen it many times since. I actually do want to see that You movie. should totally see it. <sighs> it's interesting. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird. <laughs> really it's weird. It's real weird. <laughs> and I, I like weird stuff, so... My second one is one of Peter Jackson's early movies, Dead Alive. Uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, no. Before Lord of the Rings, Dead Alive. It's kind of a, a zombie movie, and it probably has one of the bloodiest endings I think I've ever seen. Mm. Basically, you know, it's chainsaw and a horde of zombies. So, or not a chainsaw, a lawnmower he's holding up. That sounds clean. It, it has some pretty disgusting scenes in the movie and kind of pushes the edge but uh, you know a lot of peter jackson's Ooh, early did he stuff do really a did. lot of horror films What's that? is that what he did is that what he did in the beginning is a lot of horror he, films? a lot of low budget ones there is and then he's like i'd like to have some <laughs> hobbits in the film <laughs> what could i do to get his a hobbit? first movie bad um, taste was the same thing really low budget aliens came and it was real weird and see i think that we all i would just never peg someone that is like a low budget horror filmmaker to turn around and make the lord, lord of, of the, the rings. rings exactly so if you see his early stuff you're like this guy ended up making lord of the rings what the wings the wings, the lord lord of of the the wings? wings? one of one of the wings <laughs> one of it i want one of the wings one one to want them all starring starring elmer fudd or brad my favorite character is warm tongue <laughs> All right, what's what's your last one, Justin? My last one is uh, actually one I watched last year because of how did this get made? But Chopping Mall, which was really fun, and that's when I realized that and basically to be in this category, you have to be a horror film, but you also have to have boobs. Like there has to be boobs <laughs> in it, like they all do, and like some sort of rapey character. Yep, there's always who dies a rapey early. character. And it seems like, and what is it about this genre where it's always, most of the time, the hero is a, a female? It's usually a woman who survives, a woman who, I guess, is it because usually the bad guy is a male? Is that mm. what it is? Like, you don't see these where the bad guy's a female often. I would say probably, yeah. To have the, the female overcome this male killer. I don't know. So then is it pro-women, or I guess these movies are? They're always the hero? I don't know. Except, except for a lot of them are very not that, the way that women are treated in the film, as far as yeah. just like objects, so to speak. But Chopping Mall, basically they're stuck in a mall, and these robots who are supposed to be security, if anyone tries to break into the mall... But they kind of go, they get struck by lightning or something like short circuit and they go crazy. But the, and they're, and they kill all the people, but they don't look, they look like the little Nintendo robots. <laughs> they look all cute and innocent. I don't know why, what their budget was for robots, but it wasn't anything scary. It was these they're little like, run to radio shack and get whatever you can find. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And it just, I guess they had guns and were more agile than they looked. <laughs> wow. Chopping mall. Chopping mall. But there okay. is a good sex scene. The teenagers break into the mattress store and go to town. Wow. Hey, Cinnamon, what is your final one? So, a couple Halloweens ago, my friends and I decided to stay in and just watch whatever horror movie we could find on Netflix. And the first one that we found was called Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. Evil Bong? Yes. Ginger Dead Man. 
Ginger dead so a r- okay. man. A redhead who's dead versus a stoner? A redhead? No, it's a, like literally a gingerbread man. Oh, oh, okay. That's evil. And then there's a bong that's evil and they try to kill each other. A bong? Yeah. Like a smoking y- yes. bong? And they're animated or something? Y- yes. Well, they're like almost claymation kind of. They're like puppets. And are there people in this yes, movie? Yes, live people. And they get killed by the bong and gingerbread yep, man? Yep, yep. And wow, the, this is intense. The ginger wow. dead man has a has a cookie boner. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, I recommend that everyone watch that movie. It's some, uh, an experience. Everyone. everyone. I, I've seen some crazy movies and I have never seen that either. Two on it's your list, Cinemain, that I've never seen. So my last one is Evil Dead 2. It's one of my favorite, probably just cheesy horror movies. It's when this series started to go a, a little more comedy mixed with the horror, which I just love the mixture of it. And it's where Bruce Campbell kind of became this B-movie star. It is good. Now, did you say two? two. I mean, I love all three yeah. of them. But the first one's first one's more straight horror. The second one's kind of that mix of horror and comedy. That's with the chainsaw hand, yeah. right? And then Army of Darkness, yeah. the third one, is just a straight comedy. Right. I wish I knew more about this genre, but I don't. Another like honorable mention is one that would probably start a lot of this off is Toxic Avenger. Whenever that's on TV, like They're I'll gross, watch it. But they still I've never get heard of that girls. Movie. Oh, I, I love that movie. So I used to watch the cartoon and I had the toys, but I never saw the movie. I really love the movie. It's really like just way cheesy, but fun. You don't remember the toys, Ashley? Toxic Avengers. They're gross, but they still get girls. No. <laughs> that was the song. So I, th- no. I threw the question out on our uh, Facebook today, and we got a few pretty good answers. Ooh, what do they say? A few of them, we got Critters. Ah, oh, Critters is yeah, great. And one. you know they're making a new one yeah. right now. A TV show. And and they're sticking with the, like, the puppet sort of They're actually critter. making a TV show and a movie. I think the movie, one of them's on the Shutter network and the other is coming out on disc yeah i just heard a podcast with the 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 director and it was cool man see i know directors too (laughs) i know directors too (laughs) and i and i and he gave me his movie and i we watched it too humble brag number two of the evening wow the people under the stairs oh that's good cabin in the woods that's not a b horror film yeah i wouldn't set it as b but it's still it's a fun movie i mean probably b plus a minus, maybe. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which I love that movie. Oh, that's good. That's a funny that is one. good. Sharknado was listed. Lava Lanchula. Lanchula? I, I guess that's a tarantula, lava but lava? Oh, you know Ooh. what I forgot to mention? There was this shark. There was this one alligator. movie on. No, there were two movies on Netflix. One was called Rubber. It was about the tire that was self aware. I've seen that, yes. It's that one was really weird. good. And then there was one called like birds or something like that. And literally you could see like they photoshopped out like these flocks of birds that they saw somewhere and then pasted it onto this video in like iMovie. And that's how the whole movie was <laughs> on Netflix. Wow. Uh, see, I just can't bring myself to watch these. A sentient tire. Um, It's crazy. It's pretty weird. Now I did like, what was that movie with the sentient trucks? Mask? No. No. Are you uh, talking Ma- about uh, Maximum with Emilio Overdrive? Estevez? Maximum Overdrive. I did like that one. I thought one. you were talking about the cars. <laughs> I thought you were talking about yeah. cars from Disney. <laughs> or 
Oh. <laughs> Pixar. But <laughs> what was that one where like uh, with, he was a racer with and he just couldn't he couldn't make it and there was that redneck. The last one listed was Basket Case. Few of the others were on my list, like Evil Dead 2, Dead Alive, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So, Were there any in my list there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think oh. anyone said Piranha Triple Three Double D. Three Double D. Double Hello. D. Thanks to everybody who listed on our Facebook. Watch out for more of these that we like to put out there. And if we miss some, just let us know. Go to wearethecinemaguys.com. Before we jump in, I want to say... Thank you to all of our new PodCoin listeners. PodCoin! If you're not using PodCoin, you should check it out. Earn coins for listening to your favorite podcasts, and you can use the coins to redeem for gift cards or to give to charity. Use the code CINEMAGUYS to start off with 300 coins. PodCoin. Before we jump into the movie, I am got the chance to talk to the director, Antonio Pantoja, about his movie, One Must Fall. I'm so, bad. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to play... Do you, call my, him, do you call him Tony? No. Yo, what's up, Tony? Tony, Tony, I really like your horror movie. <laughs> but let's uh, let's listen to that interview. And on the other side, we'll come back and we will talk One Must Fall. I am here with Antonio Pantoja, the writer and director of One Must Fall. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I feel like I don't even deserve to be here. There's been so many awesome guests before me that are way better than I am. So very thankful to be here and sitting in front of you, man. It's incredible. So tell me about your movie, One Must Fall. So it is an 80s themed, I'm not going to say 80s inspired because it's 80s themed horror slasher comedy. That's a long title there. It's a horror (laughs) slasher comedy. And basically it's about a woman who is working in an office environment and she's working for like a chauvinistic douchebag boss who fires her wrongfully because she wouldn't sleep with him. And uh, she has to take on a crime scene cleanup job as a temp job for her and her son to get by. And basically, that's a, a job where they clean up murders and suicides. It's a real job that really exists. And uh, so basically, I thought it would be really interesting if the killer was never apprehended and he was still on the loose and the crime scene people had to show up to clean up his mess and uh, and things could get pretty interesting if he still was not apprehended and uh, and I always wondered that because I knew that that job existed you know in in the world and I was like well they have to clean up like murder victims like what if the killer's still there you know and and I found a location where he could definitely still be hiding if if he did commit these murders and he wasn't apprehended so so that's what the movie's about it's not 80s themed because that's popular right now, because nostalgia is very popular right now. It's because I had to get rid of cell phones from from the movie because slasher films thrive on not having technology and people to oh, be yeah. able to ex- escape. So it's a horror comedy. At least the first part for sure is very comedic, sort of a trauma pictures type of thing. Is that something that inspired you in making the movie? Is Are you a big fan of trauma? Oh, yeah. Huge fan of Troma. Lloyd Kaufman, the president of Troma, is in the movie, you know. So uh, since I was a little kid, I was a huge fan of Toxic Avenger and Toxic Crusaders, the cartoon. Actually, I had a Toxic Crusaders birthday party when I was little. And I always knew of Lloyd and I read his books. I've watched all a million Troma films a lot of people don't even know. I'm just a huge fan of Lloyd himself. He's been a bit of a mentor to me over the last three years. So he actually encouraged me to do the film. And then he said... 
you know, you're definitely going to have to do the film because I'm going to be in the film. So I'm like, oh, so you really put my feet to the fire. And uh, and yeah, he's in the film um, briefly with his wife, Pat, who is like the sweetest person on earth. And she used to be the commissioner. Uh, she was the head of the, the film commission in New York. So a lot of people know her through that. But yeah, huge fan of trauma. And we chose to build these characters on comedy as opposed to slow burn, which I'm I'm kind of used to seeing in traditional horror films yeah. where the first act is, it's not a lay down, but, but sometimes it can get a little uh, monotonous, you know, you've seen the same thing a million times. So oh, yeah. I really wanted to build the characters through comedy and make the film entertaining front to back. But, you know, it's not for everybody. So hopefully they dig the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting was it to have Lloyd Kaufman come to to be on your set not only somebody that you've talked to but actually have him come on to your movie oh it's uh it was uh, of the hugest honor that i could ever explain because um like i said I've, I've i've heard his voice over so many years and seen him on so many things and i've watched that trauma intro a thousand times so more <laughs> than that probably but yeah man like writing toxic crusader and toxic avengers it's just kind of about like a nerd kid who develops superpowers and is, is is ignored you know and that was kind of me as a kid and, and so many of us who love horror that's our story so i think that's why that toxic avenger and toxic crusaders was able to resonate with us because we're those ignored kids who were raised by the television and and this kid became yeah. a superhero so it was super <laughs> cool and inspiring and you know I, I always loved it because of that what inspired you to go horror instead of you know just a straight comedy or a straight horror movie like is there inspiration to pick that genre over any yeah so so many reasons um naturally horror is like what's in my heart so all of my short films and most of the the photography i do is mostly like horror inspired or dark theme inspired so um with horror it's just it's just what's in my heart so when i was a little kid i saw the exorcist when i was way too young and um and basically like i ruined my parents sex life because uh my my cousin tracy showed me the exorcist when i was about four years old and it scared me so bad that i slept in their bed until i was 12 years old man i was like i slept right in the middle so it literally ruined their sex life so my brother Vinny is eight years younger than me because of because I ruined, I, could, I wouldn't let my parents have sex. I slept in their bed. So I put that in the movie and stuff like that too, you know. But um, but basically we didn't do anything as a family. We didn't talk together. We didn't eat together. We didn't say I love you. My dad was an immigrant. He was a laborer. He would get home like sometime, most of the time after I went to sleep. But when we did do things as a family, we usually piled on the couch and watched a scary movie together. So I have this sense of family unity through horror but also because of the, from a marketing and business perspective, audiences will give horror a chance if there's no bankable star and if there's no name actor in it. You know, people will go see an action film because Bruce Willis is in it, Jason Statham, whatever it is. Doesn't matter what the theme yeah. is or the concept. Somebody will go see a comedy movie because Kevin Hart's in it or Will Ferrell is in it. But the, the, the concept doesn't even matter to them. But with horror, if I don't even have uh, an A-list celebrity in my film, somebody might give it a chance just strictly based on the concept, that the concept is interesting to them, like The Blair Witch Project or Paranormal Activity. These are blockbuster films that made it to theaters, but they never had a bankable star in it. And that that only happens in horror, and I think that's beautiful. I mean, I'm a big fan of horror, and it, I think it's one of those genres that you can just easily pick up any movie anywhere you don't have to you don't have to be a certain you know i love bruce, uh, bruce willis action movies or i love this or i love that like it, horror horror i think goes to the masses more than than people think it does for sure and what's funny man is like uh 
horror and sci-fi have this cult following that like a lot of people discount and count out. Like for example, I'm not a fan of NASCAR, but NASCAR fans are like diehard fans too. Like if their favorite favorite driver drinks Mountain Dew, guess what they drink every day. (laughs) Um, And same with horror. Like I am covered in tattoos of horror films. I've never seen a tattoo of like, you know, somebody covered in comedy film tattoos, you know, like horror <laughs> fans are die hard, man. Those are the guys who are going oh, yeah. to festivals and paying for the autographs and paying for the photo ops and stuff like that. And I I am that like I am. I'm a fan. So like it's I, I know that very well. And I think horror fans are just uh, very loyal types of fans, too. So uh, it, it's just a really cool thing to marry into, you know, being the filmmaker and being that lucky to be part of something so big and something so loyal. And with that, you were just recently at Horror Hound here in Cincinnati. That's where we, we are located. Um, and you got to show One Must Fall and you were part of a, a panel, indie filmmaker panel. How is that experience of showing your film in front of a crowd and just talking in front of all these fans oh man it was uh it was incredible unfortunately everybody hated the movie um but uh, no 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 just kidding they, they didn't hate the movie they they loved the movie so like um and i wasn't sure because that was like that's the world premiere so i was that was the first time i showed it in front of an audience and i don't know what to expect so it's very practical effects heavy very 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 gruesome and gory at times and, and you know the comedy is very experimental so i, I wasn't sure how an audience is going to accept that so um so it was super cool to get like real-time feedback from real people who just witnessed it and you know it's it's reactions because i recorded a lot of reactions it's reactions that you can't pay for so like i can't pay them to laugh you know when they're supposed to laugh yeah. you know and like authentic belly laughs and stuff like that and i can't pay them to hide their face when it gets scary but i got authentic reactions and i got it on video which is super cool uh they didn't even know any cameras were rolling so uh, hopefully they don't sue me for um <laughs> for that but um but yeah and then the panel was even cooler because i'll tell you i was sitting there next to you know soren joel peterson and uh, Michelle Iantuanu and just people I who I respect and look up to so much. Tony Wash, you know, Kiefer Finlow. There's all these people who like I idolize in this industry, and they're sit. I'm I'm like on the panel with them when really I should just be in the audience asking them questions. So it was so cool that you know Jason Hignite and Audrey and all those guys gave me that opportunity to to be there with my idols. It was insane, and uh, this the same place that Nev Campbell sat. Like I was sitting, so I thought that was so cool, and I'm just so thankful for that and um i think that you know like whorehound is awesome and like awards are super cool and stuff and audiences watching your film is cool but the really cool part about it was the the relationships that you develop once you're there and the people that you meet and uh and some people are after you know the audiences and the 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 reactions and stuff like that and that's awesome don't get me wrong but but what's really awesome about the experience is the relationships and that's really where the pot of gold is at a convention like that you mentioned before the I mean, I've seen the film and you did do a lot of practical work in it. And it's it's some really good practical work, especially a lot of times with an indie film, they'll do practical and you're like, eh, you could just tell that maybe they got some high schoolers together, but your work was really good. Can you tell me how you came across like working on that? Did you do it? Did you have someone else do it? Yeah, thank you so much for saying that too, by the way. Um, the practical effects were um, typically on indie films. They're a little... A little funky, but yours yours were really good. Well, thank you so much. But um, I had I had a really amazing special effects guy who uh, who helped me in the darkest hour because um, so basically what happened was I had a, I had hired a practical effects guy uh, who came from Savini's school 
And he had been supposed to be working on our practical effects for 10 months. So building, you know, body parts and punching hair and, you know, creating molds of people's other actors' faces. If they die, maybe they die. I don't know. They can't <laughs> give you a spoiler. But uh, but basically, uh, he'd been supposed to be doing that for 10 months. And then I, I, I was... You know, I was kind of scared that it wasn't happening because I wasn't getting progress photos and stuff. So about a month out, I'm like, yo, man, is it cool if I see some progress photos? And like, can you like just let me know that things are going okay? And if not, I can go try to find some body parts, man. You know, just let me know what I got to do. He stopped, started to ghost me a little bit. And then like a week and a half out from the shoot, he's like, yo, man, you put me in a really tough position. And, and I'm, and I'm like, you're not backing out, are you? Please, God, don't back out. And he backed out and, uh, and I cried, man. I was like, I've wasted everybody's money. You know, I know that practical effects are the star of this show and I, I've ruined it all. You know, I, I didn't want to do any like cutaway, schlocky, cheesy effects. I, I wanted it to be very, you know, I wanted everything to happen on camera and I didn't want to have to rely on CG because I wouldn't stay true to 80s, you know, cinema. But so, so, uh, Vincent Guastini reached out to me through a mutual friend, Lindsay Mormon. And basically, he is like a legend in the industry. So he did, he's like worked with, uh, Dick Smith, who did The Exorcist, which is like my favorite horror movie of all time. He worked with him. He was his pupil. He, uh, he basically worked, he did all of the effects for I Am Legend, um, Ellen Bernstein's neck from, uh, Requiem for, for a Dream, who's also in okay. The Exorcist, Jared Leto's blown out arm, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Dogma, all of like my favorite stuff. He did all of that stuff. And he comes and works on, one must fall. And he's like, yo, man, I got body parts from, from cabin fever that I did. And I've got some heads from VHS and I'll bring them to you because I used them on those sets. I still got them. So he did, man. And he killed it. And he was so cool to work with. And like, he is, he's a God in the industry, man. So I had no business working with him, but he just, uh, he came and helped me in the darkest hour, man, because he's just, uh, he's just a really great guy. And I was very thankful for him. And he deserves a lot more, you know, money and accolades and everything that I was ever. I'll never be able to fully repay him, but I will spend my whole life trying. <laughs> that that is so awesome. Things just happen, happen for a reason. There are and film it, gods. It's crazy. I think, I think there's these <laughs> film gods that that exist because you know things that would happen poorly and badly on set would uh, it would trend out to be a major positive thing that would turn into something even better than we anticipated. There was a scene where like. I, basically, I wrote the film after I walked through this gigantic warehouse and I wrote it based on the things that were in the warehouse. And, and I noticed there was like a, a bed and it was like this bed that was just there and it was just box springs. It was old and messed up and stuff. And I wrote that into the script and it was a long scene that they were going to be hiding under this bed. But that bed was gone when I got there. So I was like, oh God, what do I do? And then like my amazing art department, Michael Book and uh, Lindsay Mormon and Katie Rogers, they built stairs that they could be hiding under instead of the bed and it was so much better and so much more effective than uh than what i had originally written but yeah film gods i think really exist <laughs> and then you also uh, christopher shy did a poster for one must follow who did a poster for mandy which is a crazy movie but how, how did you work with him on on the poster well i hit christopher shy up like six years ago i want to say and i'm like hey man i'm gonna work on a he was just doing like um oil paintings like uh like fan art kind of thing and then yeah. that, and then basically at that time it was so amazing and so unique i had never seen anything like that in my entire life and and i'm like dude I, I would love for you to do my movie poster one day 
And then, you know, things had progressed for him and he was doing huge movies and re-releases overseas. He did Mandy, he did Godzilla. And I'm like, there's no way that this guy's ever gonna do anything for me. <laughs> and and uh, he's from, he was in, he lived in Kentucky at one time, which is where I live. So I'm like, you know, we have that common ground. So maybe, you know, maybe he'll still like do that. So, uh, so he did and like he honored this old price that he gave me, which was like, I would have paid 20 times that amount and he knows it. And it was worth even more than anything I'll ever be able to afford. But he did an amazing, beautiful poster for us. And he painted it in oil. And uh, and it's just, it's on another level. And then also Nathan Thomas Milliner, he's also a legend in the industry. He uh, He's done like Dawn of the Dead poster and Halloween 2 and Shocker and just, uh, you know, the howling big movies. And, uh, and he did our other poster as well. And um, I was just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. So lucky to have both of them. Because I, like I said, I have no business... Uh, like even speaking to these guys, being mentioned in the same sentence as them. So it's uh, of, of the highest honor, man. I was very lucky. Wow, that's awesome. So as an indie filmmaker, what advice would you give someone wanting to make a movie or hope that they get out of seeing your movie or, or seeing you, what you've created? I would just say that um, first advice, I would say that um, there is going to be no perfect time to do your movie. So uh, if you've had an idea lingering, you know, in, in your head for a long, long time, then um, just do that movie as soon as humanly possible, as soon as you get your resources in order. But but do not wait. So do not wait for the perfect camera. Do not wait for the perfect bankable star. Do not wait for the perfect script. Your script is never going to be done. But work on it and obsess over it and work on it every single day as hard as you possibly can. And when you feel like you won't regret shooting this movie, then do the movie. Because when you get, you know, you're going to save your money your whole life and you're going to say, when I get the Ari Alexa, that's when surely then I'm going to be prepared to do this movie. And then you're going to get the Alexa and you're going to be like, well, well, the new camera's out now. You know, so as soon as the new camera, as soon as the, I get the red Gemini, then, then surely then I'm going to be prepared to do this movie. And you're never going to be prepared. So... You just need to not rely on gear and do the movie and get it done. And it's going to be awesome. And everybody's first thing kind of sucks a little. My, all my stuff <laughs> sucks a little too, uh, but, uh, but it's, it, you're going to, you're going to love it and you're going to be proud of it. And it's going to be awesome, but stop making excuses today because, uh, there's a, a, a saying that I live my life by. And it's, um, if, if you want to do, if you truly want to do something, you'll find a way. And if you don't, then you're going to find an excuse. And that's 100% true. But um, so that would be my advice. And I know it's a little generic. Everybody says, go do it right now. But but you really need to go do it right now. And if you need my help or you need my gear to do it, you're missing something crucial. You can use my gear and then we'll do it together. I'll help you, you know, so just reach out to me and I'll encourage you. But um, there's that. And then uh, it, w what I want people to take away from my movie. I don't know. I think that uh, I wrote my movie really quickly. So my wife took the kids for uh, a week to Florida so that I could flesh out my script and stuff so that I didn't like I, I wouldn't have any like mental uh, blockages so um so I, I did I wrote the movie in a script but people are like how did you write the movie in a script <clears throat> in, in a week but but I didn't write it in a week like I wrote the movie my whole life you know and then I, I just I typed it out in a week you know I got my ideas together in a week but but I had th thought of this my whole life that's my whole life on on the page from my pen to their mouth, that took me my whole life to write that. Um, but I just typed it in one week. So so it's going to be a culmination of everything that you do. And I want people to think that when they see my film as well, that like 
that it's not, it wasn't just a film that I conjured up in a week. Just like right now, my wife is in Cincinnati right now because she took the kids up there this week so that I could write my second film. And, uh, and I'm about a third through it now. So, uh, so I think it's going to be very different, but more based on like my photography kind of work. If anybody has seen that. Is it also going to be set in a horror genre or? It is in the horror genre. So basically, okay. um, and I haven't told anybody this. So like, I've only just like told this to friends. So never like on, on a podcast or anything, but, uh, but basically it's about like, a a physically disabled girl <clears throat> who is, uh, is in foster care. And she's get, she gets bullied in school pretty, uh, profusely, you know, and it, they, the bullies take it very far. And, um, she is, uh, of mixed race and they just, they pick on every little thing that they can. And she's from a very small town. And, uh, and then she wishes for a monster to come and, uh, exact revenge on anybody who was ever yeah. mean to her. And, uh, and it does. And it's very gruesome. And uh, so that's what I'm working on now, and uh, and I think it's going to awesome. be really cool, and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people, and um, and I think it's important right now for to to have something like that, to have a voice and a and a platform to say, you know, what I need to say in the movie. I look forward to seeing that when 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 it gets done in the future. Um, before before we wrap up, there's one thing uh, our show we always do something we call top this. We give a, a top list about something. I would like to know your top three horror movies. Man, that is a tough call for me. So um, I have a million different ones, but um, but I know that if I give you any of the usual suspects that most people will have seen those. So <laughs> they are still my top, but my top uh, revolves, you know, like it's uh, mm-hmm. it changes every single day. So I would say if you have not seen High Tension, it's a French film. Oh, um, I love that movie so dub. much. Oh, it's so good. It's it's amazing. So high tension. I think that if uh, that would be like number one for me, number two would be Martyrs. Um, it is also uh, a French film. Um, it's uh, it is it will have you thinking and maybe sick for months. I would say definitely check out Martyrs. And then third, um, I hate to say another French film, but um, ah, I can't say another French film. I'll say I saw <laughs> the devil. It's uh, it's a Korean revenge film. Oh yeah, it's absolutely amazing and. Korean revenge films are so good. And if, if you've seen Old Boy, then you know, but you might not have seen I Saw the Devil. And it's just <laughs> as good as Old Boy, in my opinion. And I think you should definitely see it. And, and if you wanted to add a trilogy to your French films, you could add Inside oh, to that. Inside is so good. I didn't know that was a trilogy. That was during the time when, like, the French films, where there was, like, the those very shocking films that come out they all came out within what like five or so years of each other so that was going to be my third film but i was like because it was like the first home invasion <laughs> movie that i actually ever saw I, I guess you could say last house on the left would be the first home invasion movie but uh but i think that inside was the one that really got me man and so that was gonna oh, be my that third, one messed but, me up when i first saw it that end it's amazing but there and, and i had i never saw that coming so there's pretty much like four or five actors in the entire film and it's in one house pretty much the whole time you would never think that that, that could ever be interesting or you know but it, it's probably the most eloquently written and crafted and paced film that i have ever seen in my whole life inside yet yeah, it's beautiful where can uh, people go to find you or one must fall yeah so i'm pretty readily available but i'd say don't even follow me follow the cinema guys podcast you're going to get a lot more out of that (laughs) than ever you'll ever get out of like following me but so that's so that's why i would give that plug (laughs) instead i want to thank you antonio for being on the show and 
I will tell everybody to look for One Must Fall. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I look forward to your next one. Man, you made my day. I hope I don't disappoint you with the next one, man. It's very different, <laughs> but I think it's uh, it's going to be similar to films that I grew up on, that I always grew up and loved, and Little Monsters and Labyrinth. and It'll be different. So different for me, but I think you'll dig it. I mean, it shows that you have a passion behind it, so I think it'll... It'll come across. Man, you made my day. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. Thank you again. I want to thank Antonio for talking to me. He was he was a really nice guy, and I wish him all the best with this movie. Tony and, sounds cool. And thank you for letting us watch it early. That was kind of awesome. I liked, it was really I liked kind of watching you. it with the little cinema guys. I know, uh, I felt uh, special. Guys on it. <laughs> I did. I was like, <laughs> you no one else gets this. <laughs> and if we leak it, he'll know it's us. So let's uh, talk One Must Fall. I've, I don't I've know been where waiting. to start. First, yeah, I know this this movie isn't on Letterboxd right now, but yeah, out I was of five, real mad. I, I I was real mad. I couldn't log it. Out of five, what would you give it? I would give it a three. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I mean, I've watched it three times. So I did three as well. I tell you what, I was. I, well, I'll, I'll tell you my journey in a second through okay. this movie. Well, so. Come on, come on, Cinemaiden. What hit us? Hit hit me with it. I know you didn't like it. She doesn't want to say. I know you didn't like like it. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt Tony's feelings. You already did. You already did with that statement. Too bad now. I want everybody to be completely honest about this movie. It gets a half, man. I just. A half a star? This is not. A half a star? Oh, a half. This is not. The official lowest Cinema Guys rating ever. (laughs) This is not my kind of film. I didn't think that the storyline was coherent. I thought there was completely unnecessary forms of like sexual harassment that made no sense to the storyline whatsoever. Oh, so I agree with some of this, but there's some also, things the that Also, the motive of me. the killer didn't make sense to me, and he'll get an extra star. He'll get one and a half stars if the religious undertones that I was seeing with the Wiccan and the Egyptian eye and... Oh, and the, I don't think it's an undertow. It's an overtow. It's very clear there's with religious With all the different themes, ones, right? all the different religions that kept converging. Well, I saw your sage burning in there, right? Exactly. Uh, so I was, so there's something native going on, but she's also kind Wiccan. of like... That's Wiccan. Uh, Wiccan. Oh, she's yeah, Wiccan. She says she's a Wiccan. She's that's a Wiccan. right in the beginning. So, but if that's a thing, if if I wasn't just making that up in my head, it'll go up to one and a half stars. But so, being that she's a Wiccan, she sensed the sou- the power of Satan, right? She's like, "Ooh, Satan's here! I know it because I I I Wiccan him." Is I that wicc- a thing? I Wiccanize you. I Wiccan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can we please start saying Wiccanize? Oh, are you, Wiccanize. Do you Wiccanize me? Oh, <laughs> that was good. That is the best. I love that. So I I know the movie isn't in your you wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this movie for me is in my wheelhouse. So is so. Wow, I just I just from from moment one I was like I'm not gonna like this. I know I'm not. Man, of all the movies we've seen since we started this, this is the one that gets the havesies. Yeah, this is the one because. Uh, I liked what Live Like Line better. Oh, well, of course. It's a better movie. <laughs> it's about volleyball. <laughs> it's kind of two movies in one. I mean, you get kind of this really campy, cheesy comedy at the beginning. See, I wish... See, like, and that's what, the thing. See, I wish she would have leaned into the campy kind of thing. I wish you would have leaned into that. So here's what I... Here's my whole... Th- like... The thing that actually gave it three stars to me is I thought the actor who played the killer was great. Yeah, I thought he was good. He, oh, I thought he was amazing. Nailed it. He did. And I and I actually thought uh, Dorian and the main girl for the characters they were playing weren't so bad. 
The main girl wasn't. Every actor, what other one was like horrible. I couldn't. And then I and I actually, if it would have started with Dorian explaining the rules of cleaning up a crime scene, it would have had me hooked from the beginning. Okay. Like, okay, what's going yeah. on? I didn't give a crap about this office scene. Also, I, I don't care. understand why and did we have to sexually harass her? And because he's such a bad actor, that guy. And he's so disgusting and not even like a, he acted well. So he's disgusting. It's like, oh, you're just, I wouldn't never talk to you. And uh, like, it's like, he was bad. He was a bad actor. It was a bad scene. It made me not care. Like I almost, that's why it took me so long to get through the movie because I kept watching this. I was like, I don't ever want to watch this movie again. And then they finally got out of that. I was like, oh, great. And then they revisited it halfway through the movie yeah. with a random scene that didn't make any sense either with him playing some music on the like we didn't care about her job we didn't we're in his underwear we yeah. didn't care about that whole scene like they should have just kept it it would have been great if it was a one act scene of being in stuck in this windowless building like that would have been a lot cooler than this stupid that 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 almost made me hate it i after that i really liked the premise like oh they're jumping right in okay man they are stuck in this building that guy's still in there and it did take you like i didn't get the character of the killer at all until the end where he has his long speeches and you're like okay there's something very religious here there's something he's a good actor actually i thought he was a good a captivating character who got away he got away did you, did yeah. you watch it? Did you watch it all through the oh, credits? Oh, I did not watch it. Yeah, because no. he, got the, he got the boss. Yeah, the boss gets thrown out of the building, and then someone helps him up, and it's that guy. It's the killer. Hold on. What boss? The underwear one. The really oh, nasty boss. Oh, hold on. He comes how does, why, What? Exactly. How does he come back into the mix? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. He went well, to the because, he went you know, to her, her office. Oh, when the boss no, gets no, thrown no, no. out of the building. When she comes back to work. Oh, yeah. He just, when he gets thrown out of the building by It's security. a um, season eight Game of Thrones coincidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Also, I just didn't understand the killer's relationship with the one guy who was like, I'm going to show you that your God means nothing. Like, why do we find him? So he was already How there, we right? He was him? already captured. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 was, he was already there. I think he was the guy that you see in the very beginning. Who chops um, his fingers off? I, I think it's yeah. But he I think survives, a, right? A continuation. That guy survives, right? He doesn't die, right? Also, she would have no. He never... did he die? I don't. He, he put he put he puts him in a machine. Oh, and, that's and right. He put him in the, the rope machine. Go up against his throat. Oh yeah, that I thought that machine would do a lot cooler than just the rope throat thing. She would have never ever gone back to work a few days after with getting her face ripped off. So hold on, and that's another that two I, two weeks. I two almost weeks? went. Yeah, it was two weeks. I almost didn't. When when he cut her face, I was like, oh, jeez, this dead. movie, like, he kills everyone. And I actually liked that. Yeah. The fact that she survived. Yeah. And and I and I guess I guess that makes it cheesy, campy, which is fun that her face is stapled back on. And you can I see the I thought we were going to see, makeup. like, mummified face. Yeah, it was gross. The big giant staples. Well, and are we to believe that she like did it herself? Leaking. She didn't go to the hospital? <laughs> that's, that's the way it kind of looks. Or is the hospital, like, just using big old staples now? Well, I mean, it's set in 1986. Maybe they just had huge staples oh, yeah. back then. She would have had so many clear. tubes coming out 80s. of her face for it to drain that. Like, she would have, oh, no. That's just, and, it, it, and they would have sewn it a little tighter so that it would actually heal and not leave huge, massive lesions yeah. all around her face. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's just what they had at, like, Halloween Town, I though. think it was just kind of fun for them. I think that's my guess. It's like, oh, this will be funny. 
she uh, stapled it back on. Yeah, and and a big part of the movie, his influence is Troma Pictures. They're the ones that made Toxic Avenger. They made Thanks Killing, Sergeant Kabuki Man, really cheesy, cheesy horror movies. So is that his so goal the was to make the, a cheesy movie, not to make a... Uh, in the interview, he said that the beginning, he was kind of being a little experimental with some things, trying some things different just to see... How it worked. Did he write it? Yeah, he wrote it, directed it, obviously produced it, but... Well, because that was the thing. It's like, again, after that front boss scene, then I thought, oh my gosh, this is actually uh, well done. It was that boss scene. And even, like, I just didn't understand what the guy was doing, like, with the machines. And it, it just, it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like a real office environment. And was it supposed to be a joke that they work at Anatech? Like office space, that's where they worked as Inatech. Yep. Oh, was oh, yeah. it? Okay. I'm sure that's it was. A- but that beginning scene plays very much what you would see in some trauma movie. No. And the the head of trauma pictures is in his movie. It's the the older guy that's that comes out of the elevator with the group of people. It's um, Lloyd Kaufman. He and his wife. Are, are the two people that, that come out. So then what you're saying is that we do not understand the genre enough to get what he was <laughs> exactly. doing. I think that's the problem. No, I'm not. No, I mean, I'm it's probably you true. Get it. Like, if I was into that, I would have said like, oh, this is a Tromo throwback. But I just was like, this is a stupid <laughs> I, ass scene. I do en- enjoy a lot of that. Like I didn't. The beginning part was a little more rough. I just thought that's not a story that I even like, care about. It's the last 45 minutes is what I really, really, really liked about it. Like, I love the killer. No, see, I, I just love his seriousness speeches that he would give to the people. I thought all of it, once that she got to the actual, like, I even like, I like the cheesiness of their first clean with the old lady. Like, I liked Dorian. Would, would a lady be that they're coming to clean right. up the you know the suicide? No. But she would she's not be still there. hanging out in the um, house. I <laughs> wish actually he would have done more with the Dorian character because I liked his like I always say the wrong thing and I don't mean it. Um, and he I just and they, he was and, they, and he tried to give him a backstory. He was a. He was a uh, I feel like he wasn't the best actor as far as delivering lines, but I, he had a captivating look to him that I wanted to know more about yeah. his character. Yeah. I actually wanted him and her to get together, too, and they didn't have a moment. And he, he put a little bit of backstory of like... Oh, my gosh. Well, no, you no, know, no. He, he never thinks he's going to be happy. Please and don't like, talk about the little girls in the bathtub. That 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 scarred oh, me. I, 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 won't, I, won't, I won't talk about it. He just had a story. I yes. won't mention what the story was. If your was, friend Tony a- has the ability to write... That story, I am sad to get into his head. <laughs> what? Like, the story of the little girls who burned in the bathtub, I was like weeping. I couldn't hear the story. I was like, please stop telling the story. And he's weeping. like, and he, and I'll tell you what, that actor delivered the story really well. But I was like, I can't hear this. This is so horrific. Yeah. There was some, oh, I hated the actor who was like the second in charge. The bald dude with the goatee. <laughs> when it, when he's oh telling God. the one guy, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Hey, what happened? I thought he was pretty what funny. What happened to the redhead? He quit? He died. When did he die? He died when he was supposedly cleaning up in that room, and then he got ripped apart, and then the one guy walked in and was like, I thought he said he cleaned up this room. Oh, I think I might have missed the redhead dying. Uh, Wait, I, so see, what did I thought that the bald guy did was he, funny. No, I... I he, was, he was pretty he funny. He reminded me of a guy but in he, high school he, that I hated. Oh, uh, well... I thought he had one of the best lines when he said, if if animals don't want to be eaten, then why are they made of uh, food? I did like that line. <laughs> um, so are we getting that 
He just was a sociopath who liked to disembowel and see the insides of people, right? Or did he have with, a religious kind of, uh, message? Well, he, he kind of had a God complex of... Well, was it a I, complex I or was like, it a I'm, different I'm understanding God of God? Like, I actually... Li- like, my favorite part of the movie was, I'm giving you 10 minutes. You keep praying. Let's see if your God can beat me. And I thought that was a great, great line. And, of course... In the end, you realize that he won over this guy's God, right? Like, yeah, it's a classic yeah. Elijah versus the prophets of Baal scene. You know, that old classic. <laughs> but it... Uh, <laughs> that old classic. But it's it was cool. I liked that idea. I thought that was a great element to add. I liked every conversation with the killer. I thought the killer was creepy and mysteriously scary. Yes. Um, very, I mean, the disemboweling scenes. And so if he put his money into the, those special effects, he did a good job. Like those really looked disgustingly real. Like, did you see in the one scene with the girl, the like skin suit behind in the background? Yeah. Just hanging. Mm-hmm. It was so gross. Well, the, the guy he got to do his effects is a guy who has worked on, I mean, a a lot of big movies like he worked on Cabin Fever and other movies like that. So you could tell that those were done really well. Yeah, he he has a lot of experience of working with this type of stuff. When they scout, oh, that was uh, terrible. Cisco or whatever his name was. Oh, her her friend, yes. Um, or and then uh, you know you think he's dead. They come over and he stabs him again because he's kind of. I like when he's like coming back and he's waiting for him to like the the. The delivery of the killer of like, oh, you have something to say and like sitting there waiting for him to say some like big line. Yeah. Or oh, I thought he was going to do something before then. he goes or and the, kills uh, him again. And like, how about she didn't see the bear trap in the giant warehouse? Right. I didn't <laughs> understand that. I was like, how did you just run trap? into that? But I did like the fact that there's just a bear trap. Ah, here's a bear trap. Let's just. But when she snuck up on him, like, why use the thing that you have to start and it's going to be really loud? The concrete saw. Yeah. And start w- and it's too heavy for you to wave around. <laughs> Why not yeah. just grab a board and hit him in the back of the head with a nail in it or something? You know, if you if you try to really think of um, people in a horror movie, why do they think certain way? You, you but hold on, I want to go back to the religious themes. It's clear <laughs> that there has to be a religious okay. theme because it does run. It's a solid thread throughout eye? the entire what's, film. What's that Egyptian eye? I didn't see the Egyptian eye. I just saw it the sage It was behind the burning. eye of the, the, the ear of the bald guy. Oh. I know. I I didn't ask him in the interview about it's the religious eye, um, undertones. It's the eye but of I know Horus. It's an Egyptian symbol for protection, royal power, and good health. Interesting. But I know the I read um, it's similar something to that he had posted about the movie saying when he was little, he wanted to be a priest and he came across the book of Revelation, and it scared him to death so bad that he didn't want to be a priest anymore. Wow! Is so it the opposite of usually what happens? Interpreted passages from the Bible into the killer's speech because he has a god complex. No, I I thought it was yeah you know, yeah. You know, so, anyways, because of the actor of the killer and the rest of the movie, I was like, okay, I just. That boss scene really was bad. Like, just not, it's just not entertaining. I don't think, I didn't, I didn't think it was funny either. I wasn't no. like, oh, okay, at least it's funny. I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of disgusting and dumb. Now, the beginning scene would, would that first 25 minutes have not necessarily been great, but would you have liked it better if you took the boss, n- not maybe the boss out completely, but made the boss just 
not so over the top and not so well, creepy. Well, I don't not know so... what that scene established. Exactly. It established the friendship between her and Cisco. I just say Cisco because he looks like the guy from The Flash who plays Cisco. Oh my God. Between him and the guy, uh, her and the guy, you get the fact that she needs money. So that's why she gets this job yeah. and she has, she a, has son. a son. Yeah. Uh, we could have done without the mom character. I feel like that added nothing. And I, I feel like you could have done that in so many cooler ways and extended uh, like if, if he would have just started like that's I think that would have been such a great beginning Dorian's speech then that guy being weird <laughs> when Dorian left and then them going to a couple cleanings and then finally getting and then splicing in scenes of the serial killer you would have got it okay she has a son she needs money and let's do it yeah I just I didn't think that okay. scene established anything. It just made me think uh he reminded me of somebody that actor he reminded me of uh his name is John Getz. I am to be him and he looks exactly like John Getz and it acts like him too. Baby, I just want this baby it's gross. I would watch another movie with this killer. I would say that with the killer if I, if and one I, must fall two, if two is, must fall comes out then two must fall not just one. and it's the same killer i would actually follow this guy's saga yeah i i that i think that is what is the biggest thing that i really love this movie was the killer like i like i told you guys before you guys watched it was you know that first 30 minutes is it's gonna be a little rough but then after that like that final 45 minutes whatever i just really liked a lot when two may fall comes out and it's staple face girl i don't care about that <laughs> i don't care about staple face girl or fall i wish we could just leave her in her staple face life uh making sales calls oh and what is that what in the world does it mean that your sale was what's the word they kept using what happened to her sale it was fraudulent, fraudulent. what's a fraudulent sale I don't even understand. Like, I was like, could you use any more generic terms? I mean, if she forged say, the I signature, the sales if world. she forged the signature yeah, I, of a sale. I mean, is that what the? Yeah, yeah, it was. I just thought, okay, these are such generic terms. Let's just get out of this office scene, Tony. If you're listening to this, I hate to diss. I just didn't like that office scene, but loved the rest of the film. Okay, and I, I mean, overall, yeah, overall, I loved the movie. Like I said, the last forty-five, I loved. First, I mean, it's a little rough, and the cinemaiden. Man, half star. Just, it, it just wasn't Sorry. for her. Is this? Does this have? Oh, it doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes review either, does it? No, no. It's, it's still doing some festival, you know, runs right now. Playing at a few festivals. It's won some awards at festivals. I know the the lead actress won at a couple festivals. It's won pictures at some festivals. So it it's doing pretty That's well cool. for him. I'm good for him. And I'm with you. I, I would take another movie with this killer because that guy and the, his delivery was spot on. Should we do some at-home recommendations? But before we jump into those, I want to say we have a new event at the Esquire. Uh, come out to the Esquire July 19th at 7 p.m. We're going a little earlier this time. What are, what are we seeing? To see Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We are teaming up with our friends from Full Frontal Nerdity to bring you a screening of that. And we'll have a little Scott Pilgrim chat after the movie. But yeah, come out to the Esquire July 19th. Should be fun. So let's jump into a little at-home recommendations. At-home 
recommendations. What what do you got for us this week? I'm gonna go first. Okay, right, you go, go first. For it. Always be my maybe. Oh yes! Did you watch yes. it? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I have not watched it. And that scene, right? Did you know it was gonna be yeah, him? Yeah, it was gonna be him. So I didn't know at all. I like had no. I actually thought. I, well, whoever it is is tall. Obviously, it, they're making a big you deal about it. You couldn't tell from it. his voice? No, no, because I just I wasn't paying attention when he was just like, I just, and when they, when they panned the camera in the restaurant to him, I was like, <laughs> I was actually in bed at four o'clock in the morning trying to wake up my wife be like, you got me, it's, it's Keanu, Keanu, it's Keanu. Holy cow. <laughs> that made that movie I just really love amazing. that like usually in those kinds of scenes where the guy leaves and he's like, I just don't like how strong you are and how bullheaded you are. Usually the woman like tones it back, but at this time she was like she was like, No, this is who I am. You gotta take me or leave me. And he was like, All right, I yeah. guess I'll take you for everything that you are. And then that worked. No. Good movie. I, I mean it was a little still had the tropes of a normal rom-com exactly. but i'm all right with yeah. that i liked it a lot uh no super good and the keanu thing just made it amazing yeah i i want to see it i just haven't i have not watched it yet. oh man so good i had no idea it was coming i love surprises in films all right what do you what do you have Justin? so i will i actually i was that was on my list but i'll go with i started the fur the most recent season of black mirror oh um, i only ooh, watched are, i only it, watched the first is it one the Miley Cyrus with falcon one? No, I haven't seen the Miley Cyrus one, but it's that season. I haven't seen that one yet. I, the the one I had watched has Falcon from uh, Avengers in it, uh. and it is fascinating, like fascinating, fascinating. I'd love to hear people's opinions or what they think about it. I won't say anything because I want you to watch it, but it's so good, so good. I've heard the Miley Cyrus episode sucks really, really? bad, though. I haven't watched it. Yeah, no. I've heard it. Do- it doesn't fit the whole Black Mirror theme, and it's weird. But I don't know. I haven't watched it, so I, I don't really know. Yeah, Black Mirror. Mine is another indie movie. Just landed on Netflix last week. It is called Bullet County. It's kind of a a little bit of horror element to it, but basically, it's a, a group of friends who get back together after many years. Um, takes place in Kentucky and the Bourbon Trail, so they're going back to these places that they they visited before, and then there's a story of oh many years ago during Prohibition how some of the bourbon makers hid money in 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 the trail, so they're going to try to find this money, and then there's this crazy story behind it and a little twist at the end like it it was a it was a pretty entertaining movie and being you know knowing the bourbon trail and fairly close to kentucky where we live it was kind of cool to be like oh this is kind of a a neat little movie that's set fairly close to where we live the bullet county on netflix all right well thank you for listening to another episode of the cinema guys and thank you Cinemaiden and Justin for watching this movie with me. And thanks, Antonio, for sharing hey, thanks, your, Tony. your vision. Oh, I do really want to thank Antonio Pantoja for not only talking to me, but letting us watch his movie and review his movie, even if all of us didn't love it. Half star. Half star. Wow. I, I don't it's think that will ever get talked. It's not my kind of movie, man. Although... Even with his post about religious, a little bit of a religious background on it, doesn't give it a little, a little extra star, one and a half. 
I mean, I I'd need to talk to him. Yeah, he only got to talk to a cinema guy. Yeah, only the one. Only Brad knows the director. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and maybe sometime we will see you at the movies. Pretty big for the amateurs over there. Not as big as mamas.